0: Hey everyone, Hootie Hoot, host and producer of the Sports Deli podcast. Before we get started today, I have to talk about one thing, and a special shout out to Irv Rowland, pro basketball skills trainer who has worked with numerous WNBA and NBA players. Uh, I met Irv through the Jewish Jordan, Tamir Goodman, uh, who was on our show. And uh, Irv not only is uh, one of the top basketball skills trainer in the world, but he has uh, kept me up to date on a number of issues and helped uh... not only educate me on the issues of systemic racism and social injustice uh... but there's one case in particular that caught my attention and it was the fight for julius jones julius jones was alleged to have uh... and found guilty of uh, murdering a white businessman during a carjacking in nineteen ninety-nine and uh he was uh, sentenced to death and so he's been on death row for 20 plus years and his sentence was just uh, commutated by the parole board today and so just an incredible day um, there's two affidavits, sworn affidavits uh, from people that uh, confirm that he was not involved in this. He has sworn by his story Um, and his alibi that he had nothing to do with it, and this clearly was a case of uh, racial profiling and racism that is still rampant in this country and uh, is a reason why there are still disproportionate number of people being arrested and in jail in particular. In this case, it's a violent crime, but in many cases, uh, especially in the cases of marijuana for nonviolent offenses. Uh, So we couldn't be happier. Now it's up to the governor of Oklahoma uh, to hopefully agree with this uh, recommendation by the parole board uh, Kevin Stitt and there's no timeline as of right now but uh, once we get a little bit closer to when uh, this decision might be happening um, you can send me an email and I can give you more information about what uh, the uh, Julius Jones camp would like people to do to support Uh, this cause and uh, possibly uh, communicate with the governor's office and share in your support for Julius Jones, who again has been on death row for more than 20 years for something that he did not do. And I appreciate your time and listening to that. And again, if you have any questions, um, let me give you the email again. It's the sports deli. Deli is D E L I, the Deli at gmail.com. And I can put you in touch with uh, Irv. You can also find him on Instagram. Uh, And his uh, basketball stuff and all his social injustice stuff uh, is on there. And uh, it's Irv underscore Roland. And uh, let's get back to the Sports Deli podcast where everyone deserves a seat at the table. Let's hit it. Hoodie Hoot Productions presents The Sports Deli Podcast, where everyone deserves a seat at the table, where we discuss the intersection between race and sports, mental health, leadership, and equality. To find out more about The Sports Deli Podcast, check us out online at thesportsdelipodcast.com. We are starting to have free giveaways. If you hear giveaway anywhere in the podcast... Send us an email to thesportsdeli at gmail.com with giveaway in the subject heading and in the body of the email, give us the answer to that podcast's specific question. Uh, God, bah, bah, bah. Yeah.
1: Stephen A. Smith is my alter ego. Go somewhere else with that
0: shit. <laughs> John, She's roasting your ass right from the jump. We ain't done the intro yet. <laughs> What the f- To me, Colin Kaepernick is is a hero. And Colin Kaepernick is going to go down as a legend. And when George Floyd called out to his mother, he called out to all
1: mothers. And I heard his call.
0: And I- so do you have white privilege? Absolutely. I think there's a, there's a balance between the idea of universal white privilege and it doesn't exist now we have to be a voice as white people about it. african-american women last year changed the course of this of this nation that, uh, women are the backbone and now we need to support the souls that they stand on and now whether you're folding laundry driving exercising or cooking grab your favorite deli sandwich or bagel and your favorite beverage and let's do this together in the sports deli auntie take us away <laughs> it's the <laughs> ask to start video does that do anything to you
1: oh uh, wait yeah
0: I've never done that before.
1: Oh my gosh, you did it. Okay.
0: (laughs) You'd think you work at Kansas State with that shirt on. I love
1: it. Uh, Well, it looked purple. It's actually blue, like a real blue, but you know, I don't know. So that's
0: awesome. We're so honored on this 13th day of National Childhood Cancer and Obesity Month to welcome the legend of Claflin, Kansas, the incredible... Jackie Stiles. She played her college ball, as we just talked about, at Southwest Missouri State, now known as Missouri State, and is the 16th player from the WNBA to join us here in the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table as we work our way towards 25 players and coaches to be on the show this year to honor this 25th season. While at Missouri State, she led her team to a Final Four appearance, including a 41-point performance against top-ranked Duke In the Sweet 16. Besides Jackie leading her team to victory that day, my favorite part was the Duke players crying afterwards. She went on to win numerous awards at Missouri State, including Best College Women's Athlete of the Year, which is even more impressive than simply being the best female basketball player of the year in the country because the former includes every women's sport offered by the NCAA nationwide. Before that, she once scored 71 points in a game in high school and 61 in another in just 17 minutes and averaged half points per game in high school as a senior, eight rebounds, and seven assists while shooting 59% for her career in high school. Now, we'll talk a little bit about this later to give you some perspective about my high school experience. After breaking her wrist in high school, I believe it was as a sophomore, she decided to make 1,000 shots several times a week to not only strengthen her wrist, but to become a better shooter from all areas of the court. Now, if you haven't watched highlights of Jackie, please go on YouTube and watch some of her highlights because um, they're just amazing to watch. Her sort of old school mid range stop and pop, you know, some of the things that she was doing back then was just just incredible. All the way from high school, you know, to, to the W. This concept of making a thousand makes was later turned into a Jackie Styles poster which you can buy online for $24.95 at celebposter.com. Speaking of posters, Stacey Gregorio, Director of Video Services, Player Development, International Recruiting and Analytics at Kansas State University, had a poster of Jackie on her wall growing up as she was one of her idols. During her her four years of high school, she won a state record 14 freaking gold medals in track, including the first to win the 400, 800, 1600, and 3200 meters in one day. Are you serious? I don't think Jackie believes in load management. (laughs) She also placed in the top three in the state in cross country all four years. Yes, there's more, trust me. And incredibly, if that weren't enough, she also played tennis for the Claflin Wildcats and placed second in state all three years. She was drafted in 2001 by the then Portland Fire with the fourth overall pick and went on that year to win the WNBA Rookie of the Year Award. During her second year, she was playing with a torn ligament in her wrist, rotator cuff injury and a partially torn Achilles, but yet play one of her best games of her WNBA career. Her career was cut short due to multiple injuries, which led to more than 13 surgeries. And after her playing career, she has been involved in a number of endeavors from her own training company, which you can find online at jstyles.com, to coaching at the Division I level, including a stint in the Big 12 at Oklahoma for Hall of Fame coach Sherry Cole, to what she's doing now, which she will talk about later, as you can see for those of you watching with the hat that she's wearing. <laughs> at one point, she was a competitive cyclist. She shares a birthday with Samuel L. Jackson, Jane Fonda, and Chris Everett, which I'm sure the latter she would appreciate as we just finished the U.S. Open, former tennis star, She was born the same year as the late Kobe Bryant, John Legend, and Usher. She believes in dominating simple, and the complexity is the enemy of execution. She's a growth mindset person, loves working out, and believes you should do one thing for yourself every day. Dad was a coach, and in 2018, she had to navigate cancer. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter at Jackie, Jackie's J-A-C-K-I-E, at Jackie Styles 10, and about her new endeavor at Nex, that's N-E-X, Gen, like generation, N-E-X-G-E-N fitness.com. Or you can email her at styles.jackie at gmail.com. Jackie, we can't you. I know that was a long intro, but uh well, well deserved. And uh, again, welcome to the sports daily podcast where everyone deserves a seat at the table, especially where we bet on women.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me and that amazing introduction. And I I learned some stuff about myself in that. I didn't know (laughs) there was a poster about a a thousand eggs a day that you can purchase. So who knew? I know. So thank you for that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. just have this uh, contagious personality and you always have. And, uh, you know, obviously having battled through a lot of things that we'll talk about today, whether it's cancer or. Injuries and you know how how you get through that. And what sports teaches us really about ourselves through adversity is is really as important as anything else that we'll talk about today. So so my former player that uh, played for me when I was a head coach at the community college level, she worked at Missouri State. She was a strength and conditioning coach, uh, Amanda Mills, uh, last year.
1: Yes, yes, she just left. I think she just right?
0: left. Yeah, okay. and so she just started her own company. It's interesting because. Uh, I got to be honest with you, that was my first year coaching women's uh, basketball, so I was on the men's side 15 years, and so she was on my first team, a transfer from Oregon State, didn't want to play college ball, but uh, was a Division One caliber player, so, you know, after being on the men's side 15 years, so she was not the most coachable player, let's put it that way. And so there's a lot of irony to this. I just ran into one of her teammates the other day at the beach after not seeing her for almost 15 years. And she cried and apologized for her behavior when she played for <laughs> me. And, you know, one of those kind of deals. Yes. Anyways, so last year I asked her if she was interested in the strength and conditioning position at Kansas state, cause they had an opening. So it was just interesting because now she's started a holistic company. Like if you heard her back then and now, Jackie, the yeah. words come when I talked to her, that, but she was just a. She was on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of taking a holistic approach towards life. Uh, So it was just fascinating to listen to her. She's got to follow her compass. Anyways, you know, it's just interesting. But for the record, you average 47 and a half points per game as a senior. I think it was like 37 and a half points per game for your career anyways. So uh, this is something we do not have in common. I scored 12 points my senior year the entire year. So it's basically an average of 0.2 points per game. Now, but we do have, we do have something in common though, because we're both very competitive and, and resilient. And I got cut three times. So I didn't have much of the success that you did, but, but I had a why. And my why was to prove to the world that a short little five, seven white guy could make it, even though he got cut three times, even though his dad committed suicide when he was younger, you know, could have gone in a different direction. And so I always like to start with, with people's childhood experiences. Obviously your dad was, was your first coach. Uh, you know, and uh, all the females that have come on from the W have talked about their childhood experiences, uh, most recently Bridget Pettis. And so, uh, I'm just curious what, what it was like for you like Jay Billis came on I've talked about this a number of times and he had a horrible high school experience, but guys don't quit as much as girls. Um, so what was it like for you, because you really you were at the cutting edge of when title IX was starting to get some traction. And and more women's sports and girls' sports were were coming into the forefront. So, but but how was it for you, being a, a you know a girl uh, playing sports when you were younger? So many sports at that. Ooh. Sports Delia is sponsored by Moolah Kicks. Moolah is M-O-O-L-A-H, like money. Moolah, and kicks like shoes. One word. You can find them online at MoolahKicks.com, and it's the first ever female-only brand basketball shoe. So it's a shout-out to the basketball street culture, and it is also about fighting social injustice and gender inequality worldwide and here in the United States. And again, you can find them at moolahkicks.com. And now back to this incredible interview right here in the Sports Deli.
1: Well, um, I'll never forget. I actually told my um, second grade teacher that I was going to play professional basketball when I grew up and she looked at me like I had a hole in my head because, (laughs) I mean, the WNBA did not even exist at that point, you know, so I didn't get to grow up dreaming about the WNBA. I mean, I could potentially go overseas and play professionally, or, you know, kind of the biggest thing we could aspire to then was the Olympics, but I just had that vision at a young age that basketball was what I really wanted to be good at, and I always played the underdog role because, you know, I'm 5'7", and I'm from a town of 600 people, graduating class of 23, and everybody always said that, you know, I needed to move to a bigger school and do all these things that I couldn't make it, you know, to the big time being from Claflin, Kansas, and then when I went to Southwest Missouri State, now known as Missouri State, you know, everybody was like, well, you'll never make it in the WNBA, you know, or be an All-American coming from a mid-major and things like that. So I am, I was, I guess, comfortable with the underdog rule. I just, I believe that um, if you are willing to work and you believe in yourself, you can accomplish anything. And like you, uh, Michael, I'm sure you inspired so many um, by not quitting and, and with your re- resiliency. And I, I think when you go through tough times and it just makes you that much better.
0: So talk about your dad's influence on you, because uh, that definitely something I had uh, from the standpoint of coaches, you know, my youth coaches uh, were hugely important to me uh, and I still talk to them today. Uh, but what, what, what was it like to, to have your, because sometimes it can go in the other direction, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> sure. you know, no, yeah. 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 I was very fortunate. My dad was um, such an inspiration to me uh, growing up. You know, I, that's where the love of basketball, that's, that's how I got it because I would follow him to the gym. He coached the varsity boys and like, he would show me a fundamental and I just couldn't wait to show him that I could master it. And I remember being this little girl that rode on the buses to the games with the guys and I would go and sit with him at coaches clinics and I, I just couldn't get enough of it. And I just think it was watching my dad and, everybody thought that he pushed me and he actually was trying to get me out of the gym half the time, but, you know, (laughs) he gave me every opportunity and in all the access, you know, it was was great having keys to the gym and I didn't realize what a blessing that is until I got older and, you know, gyms are sometimes hard to find. And so I, I was very fortunate that he gave me that fundamental base, um, at an early age and inspired me in the game of basketball.
0: Yeah, that's cool because, uh, it's interesting because, uh, I think I'm a little bit older, but but we were at a time when the three point line was just coming into existence. And, you know, you talk about dominating simple. And so we're living in a time now where I don't know if we're dominating simple, but it's just been a changing of the guard. You know, you got 12 uh, roster spots in the WNBA as of right now. Hopefully they expand and then hopefully there's expansion. But everyone on that roster, you know, uh, has a skill set now that we've never seen before. And so I'm curious as to, to know what your thoughts about the evolution of the game are, because you coached, obviously, you know, uh, for Sherry um, in a conference where, you know, if you're going to compete with the best of the best, you, you, you can have a traditional post player, right? Obviously, uh, Yoki's at K-State now, and there's, you know, uh, the number one pick in the draft last year was a post player. You know, we, in, in the, on the men's side, we don't see it as much, true post players. But on the women's side, it's still a thing. And so, um, but from a guard perspective, you know, you, you got downhill quick, you stopped and popped, uh, from, from 15, uh, you know, you were able to rise up over people. And so how was it back then? Cause I sort of, I did both like my mid range ended up being really good. Uh, and then I developed the three obviously, but then there was a couple moves that I needed to be able to get downhill. I used the Steve Smith and the Kevin Johnson. Uh, and Kevin Johnson's move is still something as a pro trainer now I teach that no one in the WNBA or NBA use it Uh, I've reached out to a couple WNBA players and one uh, is overseas right now in Spain Michaela Pivic played at Oregon State and I've tried to teach her the move because it's a it's an amazing move but so but how was it different back then uh, versus now and do you think um, the game's going in the right direction as far as the women's game
1: yeah um, so you know the difference back then obviously like I didn't have the WNBA to aspire to. So I think, you know, the games level is just getting better and better just because of, you know, we're furthering our opportunities.
0: And there wasn't social media. There wasn't video the same way. Like there's a lot of things that we just had to watch like on live television, maybe, you know, whatever we were watching, mostly men and then pick it up.
1: Right, right. And I think, you know, how I learned is well, you know, obviously my dad was a coach and, sure. but I just played pickup. I had two twin guys that were my neighbors that both played college basketball. They were six, three. And, you know, I developed a fadeaway by, I'm like, you know what? I'm not getting my shot blocked one more time. Right. And, you know, I developed that fade away. It wasn't like I just sat in the gym working on this move. And I think that's the difference. And I think that's what players these days are getting away from that. They need to incorporate back into their game because you see these skills trainers, and they're training them on all these fancy things that most of these players, you know, they might use this one, you know, incredible move maybe one time, you know, not even maybe one time in a game, you know. But you've got to train what you do over and over. And I think yes, you know, do the drill work. But I think we also have got to train decision making because right. you'll, you know, in the women's game, like at Oklahoma, I was shocked by how many times our players got our shot blocked. I'm like, how can you not have that feel? Like I I rarely got my shot blocked and I, I wasn't very big, but it was because I played tons of one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, you know, even five-on-five and you and you develop that feel. So I think it's gotta be a combination of the drill work and drilling what you do, you know, most of the time in a game. And yes, you can add some of that fun stuff. And I always say, okay, maybe add one move to your game, you know, every summer, you know, get do it. You know, without defense and then, you know, then incorporate with defense. But I, I just think sometimes, you know, we need to incorporate more playing and decision making to workouts.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you talked about two things. One, street ball, because a lot of the people now, it's AAU, uh, you know, there's not going out and losing in your first game, you know, if you're at the local park and then having to wait an hour and a half because you're going to play hard in those street ball games. Otherwise you're sitting and you're pissed. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's different. And you talked about as a female playing against guys, which obviously makes you better. I mean, all the power fives have guys uh, on their practice squads, you know, and it's just a, it's just a way that you get better, you know, on the women's side. So, you know, I'm glad you talked about that. And, you know, and, and I'm a skills trainer uh, and, and
1: I, so so are you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah and so i agree with you and i and i do and i take a holistic approach towards it because i think it's important that uh your body language says something while you're doing a move that your voice says something while you're doing a move that you're doing the move that you feel empowered and that you have a go-to so that you can get downhill with five seconds to go i just believe that not just the rick patino philosophy that that uh, you got to have three and a half three point shooters on the floor. At one point, you got to have three and a half players on the floor at one point that can get downhill too. Mm -hmm. If you're going to win between 15 and 20 games, if you're, if you're happy with mediocrity and you want to win eight to 12 games, that's fine. You know, just run a system and, you know, Stanford's the exception to the rule, I would imagine, along with some others, you know, and she, she can do that, but you know, Tara can do that. But I, I I think that you got to have an efficient one go-to and, you know, you like to go through your legs, you got downhill quick, but you could stop on a dime and, you know, relax those shoulders and, and have a nice high arcing shot. So it's interesting, you talked about street ball and, you know, keeping things simple. And that's just always been, you know, sort of your philosophy. I'd be curious to have you watch one of my sessions and, and get your opinion. But it, it just, it, it's, it's fun to help them feel empowered. You know, I have a female now that uh, Stacy started training uh, three years ago before, she, you know, she, uh, while she was at UCSD for Heidi. Um, and, you know, obviously I took over and just to watch her evolution, her confidence, um, is, is just a wonderful thing to see. And, and those life skills, you know, basketball is great, you know, but the life skills that they learn and how they feel about themselves off the court is, is just as important as I'm sure you feel the same way.
1: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, we can have coaches and, um, you know, trainers can have such a huge influence on, you know, our clients and our players, just because, you know, the age they are, they're just so influenced. And I can remember, you know, several, you know, coaches or players I looked up to just one or two things they said to me and how that stuck with me. And so to be able to be in that position, to do that for others is great. And, you know, I always kind of was raised, with the, the different coaches that I um, played for that, you know, you always had to motivate with punishment. And I, and I thought to myself, gosh, if I become a head coach, I'm going to have to have, somebody on my staff that's just a real (laughs) yellow screamer because because I I know that um, one for a coach to really be effective you have to be who you are and authentic to yourself and I can't try to be you know maybe a Bobby Knight or somebody like that because that that's not who I am but then I had such a great leader and um, coach Sherry Cole and you can inspire players you know by belief just that positivity yes have high standards but you want them to internally want to do the right thing and not do the right thing because oh they're scared of having to do push-ups or run a sprint or whatever so you know i've just learned so much but um i think a big part of it is the mental part you know training that piece and and just last night i was doing a session with some players and um you know the body language was bad after they uh, missed a shot And i said look i don't want to know by your body language, if you've made the last 10 shots or missed the last 10 shots. And I said, do you watch Ted Lasso? Because look, I want you to have a memory of a goldfish. What shot? What did I miss? Because goldfish have memories of 10 seconds. So you've got to forget about it in next play. But, you know, yes, you can just have such a a positive impact, impact on the players that you're
0: coaching. Yeah, well, and they're not being the best versions of themselves in that moment. And that's really what you want, not just long-term, but in that, in that moment, you know, and that's, there's always something else to do right after that. So Mm -hmm. that's not beneficial because now you're going to compound that mistake with a second mistake. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. Like I, obviously I've watched a lot of big 12 the last three years uh, because Stacy, you know, is at K state and it is just, it is just amazing still. Uh, And it's not a knock against the coaches or anything because the players are so athletic. But the, 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 the decisions still in so many instances with counter moves and some of it's footwork and some of it is just straight counter moves and either uh, uh, acquiring the space or creating the space, you know, or, or swinging the ball quickly or crossing over in front of a defender who's like literally still right there instead of going behind, you know. And so there's, there's, still, there's still a lot of work to do and so that's the exciting part is that the game has evolved so much, but there's still so much to, to continue to work on from a simplicity standpoint, from an attitude standpoint, you know, from a body language standpoint. And, you know, from a skill standpoint, footwork standpoint too, like as much as people talk about Jordan, I just talked about this yesterday with one of my clients, Jordan for all his, uh, you know, accolades and successes, his footwork was as good, if not the best of anyone that ever played the game. He would attack that lead foot. Uh, you know, he would make you look silly with. And Larry Bird, you know, there have been others. You know,
1: footwork's, you know, so critical because that's the foundation, that's the the base of your shot. And um, you know, just you can develop that first first step quickness. Right. I mean, you don't have to be the fastest player in the world, but if you're you're good at reading and using fat, fake jabs and fakes, you can you can be very efficient. But um, do you see that there's an issue? I feel like at least in the women's game, because I, you know, I've been around it more, you know, because I've coached it the last 10 years, at the collegiate level, but where they just have a hard time finishing layups in the paint, like shots that they should make.
0: Yeah. It, it, well, there's, there's a lower percentage across the board. So ever after having coached on the men's side, 15 years, uh, I wouldn't say decision-making is better, but there is definitely a lower percentage when it comes to shooting across the board. And so, um, I think there is a disconnect with a lot of players in their own minds as to what they want to do and what their bodies allow them to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not a knock against the women or the girls, it's that you gotta have two feet on the ground and pivot and pivot again. And then if you don't have good balance, like guys for the most part can be off balance. And you know you used to be able to contort in the air and, and you did your version of a Euro in the air to get around people, but I, but I I think the the concept is 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 a good one, but I think the lower percentages is in large part because of of a balance issue. And you shouldn't shoot shots if you're not balanced. Yeah, you just yeah. should not. Like you should. Well, you know, I have a different philosophy. I'm at a low income first generation high school. I have players that can't shoot, pass, dribble. Re like it's a whole different animal. I actually teach air ball rebounds. You know. <laughs> No, I'm dead serious. Like we won 14, we won a school record 14 games because I changed my entire philosophy. Now, at the college level, you can't do silly stuff like that. If you have a shot within the first seven seconds, you better shoot it. I don't care if it's an air ball, because if we wait 10 more seconds, which you would encourage college players to do to make the defense tired, we're going to turn the ball over. <laughs> okay, I see. Right, so it's yeah. a complete opposite philosophy, <laughs> yeah. but when I was coaching in college, right? Yeah, it's not it's it's so I tell Stacy about this all the time and she's just like, "Are you serious? Nobody teaches airball rebounds." Right? Nobody encourages people to shoot. <laughs> I, I
1: love that. I've never heard that before. No, we we I get we stuff. get a lot of yeah,
0: no, it's a, it, we get a lot of second <laughs> shot opportunities, at least 5 to 10 a game, because yeah. no one's expecting it and we've practiced it.
1: And <laughs> then it's off you. of yeah, and
0: it's off of those second <laughs> shot, third shot opportunities, we're getting better shots. Yeah. So we're sort of <laughs> chucking it up there. But these girls don't practice you know they're they're yeah. from low income first generation you know and they the parents don't speak english they don't have parks they're living in bad areas so i just i i changed everything so it's just but at, at that level i can't tell you how many times i see some of the shots from mid-range that were so off balance and like bricks from eight feet because either it wasn't practiced or the balance was off but but but, but you got to have great balance. You can't fall a little to the left or a little bit to the right, or you got to have great balance and you should be furious with yourself when you're practicing on your own, in my opinion, if you don't swish shots, because if you don't swish a shot in practice, in a game, you're going to be slightly a little bit off, right or left. It's going to sneak in. And so I don't allow my, my players in private uh, workouts, especially the high level players, to finish a drill unless they're swishes. And then obviously at at your level, when you were coaching in that level, like you got to make five shots in a row. If you're going to have confidence to be able to shoot it in a game period, and you got to swish the last two, otherwise you won't feel empowered that in a game, you're going to trust yourself in a clutch situation. So, so I think you have to demand balance, demand phenomenal footwork. And, and do not allow a player to move on to another drill. I don't, I've had players do drills for 45 straight minutes because I'm so irritated that they're accepting the fact, you know, and they'll ask, well, was that okay? You know, should I do it over? Yeah, you should do it over. Yes, you should do it over. Absolutely. Your eyes weren't looking the right way. Your setup wasn't good with your body language. You know, you didn't follow through with your middle finger. You had poor balance. It, it's not going to work in a game. And so that's the challenge as a skills trainer, right? How do we simulate in a one on o situation what it's going to be like in a game? And so you have to demand every aspect of what could happen in a game. Otherwise, you're doing them a disservice. Sports Deli is sponsored by SportRx, the leader in sport prescription eyewear. You can find them online at sportrx.com. And don't forget to enter the code DELI10 at checkout for your special 10% discount. And now back to this incredible interview right here on the Sports Deli.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm to the point where I might do one individual lesson, you know, one-on-one, but then I group them just so I can train the decision-making piece totally. more. Um, but even, like, if I'm if I'm one-on-one with a, a player and we're doing shooting, like, you know, just to add in the decision-making, uh, we'll be spot shooting, and I might say one is a shot, you know, two is a pull-up jumper to the right, three is pull jumper to the left. For a layup, just so they're constantly having to think, even if it's a one-on-one, you know, situation. But I just tell the parents, look, the group training, you know, with somebody kind of similar to your ability is, is much better. They're gonna get so much more out of it just because it it opens up a lot of opportunities for us to train
0: different things. So yeah, totally. Non-rhythmic kind of things, because you just you're not gonna be in rhythm pretty much the entire game like you have to expect the unexpected at all times and and then so that narrative becomes exciting when in the beginning it's stressful
1: yeah yeah like
0: you know you know like I teach seven different moves off the quadruple threat you know if the defender's two feet away one foot away one foot away or up on you taking away your shoulder because you got to know how to handle those situations Mm -hmm. and you still have Mm -hmm. to see your teammates. If they're crowding you, you still have to be able to pass if they're crowding you You have to be able to go by them. If they're crowding you, you know, with a, with a Kobe pivot spin or a fake spin and and a blow by, even if you pull it back just to get them off of you for a split second, you know, you don't always have to go downhill to score. Right. It's fascinating. We're both passionate about uh, the game (laughs) game and and making sure the decision-making is good. Cause that's really what it's about. Right. When we, when we talk about, Life after basketball, it is about making good decisions, and and not only that, how you handle stress. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you when you were when you were, you said you were coaching right for for a decade, and obviously we'll talk about what you're doing now because you decided to go in a different direction. But what is different now with because you talked about um, the differences a little bit in passing about when you were playing uh, versus now in terms of the culture, right? Obviously you had an amazing experience. You You know, you went to your dream school, you went to a Final Four uh, and the the culture is different now from the transfer portal, um, just to player expectations. Uh, Coaches have to be more holistic in their approaches and not just shut up and dribble or just do as I say and, you know, yelling in in players' faces. But but from your experience with parents to the kids, uh, it's more of a two-way street now. And so, what what's the difference now in terms of the culture that has to be created on college campuses? Uh, and I think this is where the women's game is way ahead of the men's game. Uh, that the the women's coaches were always more caring about the players than the men's coaches.
1: Yeah, you know, I've been very fortunate to have um, you know bosses that were um, you know very forward thinking and really cared about the culture of our team and did things to create that positive culture. But I, I think one thing that's Really difficult now with um, Division One is the one-time transfer rule. Um, I, I think that has just really hurt our game. Um, and then also the name image likeness. Um, I'll, I'll just be honest, <laughs> I'm not a fan, you know, because now coaches are having to, you know, like certain things on social media so their players can be influencers and you know, it's just not about the purity and the love of the game anymore. There's so many outside things influencing players. And, you know, that's why, you know, my why um, for doing this was, man, I had the best four years of my life playing college basketball, and I wanted to help others do that same thing. And so many people sacrificed so I could live out my basketball dreams. And I wanted to do that, but it's just so much harder now with, you know, social media and the different rules and, you know, the things that to, to influence the players like you want to. So
0: what did, so what did you say to a, a family when they were thinking of coming to Oklahoma? You know, obviously one of the best schools if, from a football perspective, from a, from a basketball perspective, from a, uh, from a cultural perspective, you know, um, and what were the questions that the parents were asking? What questions should the kids be asking as well as what, you know, you guys share with the families now? Uh, And I don't think, you know, necessarily that you may go back into coaching again, but if you were like as a head coach, what, what kind of culture would you want to create? Because you can't control whether they're going to transfer or some of the other things that you just talked with NIL, like it's just, you just gotta, you gotta roll with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think your goal is always to create a culture where every single individual can do their best work, Um, you know, and just positive, you know, I'm, I'm really big on positivity because I, I just feel like there's no need for anything negative and i just think you have to have great communication you have to have a safe space where people can be honest and yes we are going to have differences because we've all had different upbringings but i think also what that sometimes we need to focus more on the things that we do have in common i mean you're going to have something in common with every single teammate but it's just about um, being a great teammate being selfless. Um, I, I believe in the, the style of staples. And, uh, you know, I use my last name, but it's, you know, selfless, tough. Um, you should be inspiring to in every interaction that you have. Um, love. I mean, that's huge. I mean, if we always choose love over fear, then it's never going to steer you the wrong way. Um, and then, you know, the E is just that that enthusiasm, that energy, you know, and then S is, um, you know, service. You you have to serve. You know, you don't have to be great to serve, but to be great, you must serve. That's a John Gordon quote. And, you know, I'm such a a believer in that. And, you know, if I was running my program, you know, I think you have to clearly define um, what you expect because, like I said, everybody has different backgrounds. So, you know, integrity to some might mean it's totally different to another player. So it's clearly defining that. Um, Obviously, you have to manage it. And I, like I talked about, I like to inspire people to internally want to do the right thing, not because I'm watching them and that's why they choose to do the right thing. And then, you know, um, last thing you have to model. And and that's the most important thing, I believe. You've got to model what you're expecting others to do for you. So that, that'd be kind of, you know, what I would talk to parents about. But, um, you know, I know, um, you know, they're trusting, you know, they would be trusting their daughters in my program. So I, it's just a matter of, developing those relationships with everyone and um and being honest and, and genuine and being who you are because you want it to be a great fit for both parties. Like I think it's crazy to try to act like something completely different for to impress a recruit when you know it's not going to be a good fit. You know, you want yeah. to have it be a good fit for both parties.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating because uh, it's, it, that's the toughest part, right? Uh, because we all come from different backgrounds and you and I are living in an era of instant gratification when we grew up w- where it was a time of grind and push through and, and uh, you know, no social media and all those things. And so it was a different kind of mentality and how we approach long-term gratification. And so everyone has a different definition of all those things you just talked about. And so that's why the lines of communication are so important, right? Because then what means one thing to one person and something different to someone else, there's a common ground. And then we can sort of move forward because now we have a better understanding of one another. And ultimately, Mm -hmm. like you you talked about serving, uh, and I want to pivot off the serving part because uh, the sisters of the W have always served uh, a cause larger than life. Uh, larger than themselves they've always been at the forefront of advocacy uh, even before Brianna Taylor and as my shirt says the hashtag say her name campaign that they were a part of uh, as well as forcing Kelly Leffler out as the minority owner of the Atlanta Dream um, last year and so I just want to ask you you know there's 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 always this unspoken connection whether it's Missouri State uh, or UCLA or Duke or you know, the, 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 the Blue Bloods, you know, the W, the NBA, professional sports. And so I just want to ask you, looking back on it now, because you've ha- had some time to <clears throat> reflect back on your life a little bit as you transition to this new path that you're on. Uh, what has it meant uh, to you uh, to be able to pay it forward now in these spaces, especially with young girls and young women? And when you saw everything that was going on last year, With social injustice and what the W players were doing and how they approached everything and the leadership of the W. I'm always uh, moved by, um, you know, the responses from the players from the W and and just women in general, because we can all learn so much from that.
1: Well, you know, um, I was, I I feel very fortunate um, because I had so many great people that helped me um, live out my basketball dreams. And I didn't realize how selfishly focused I was for the first half of my career because literally I got up every single day thinking like, how can I be the best basketball player I can possibly become? That was all I thought about. And, you know, yes, I mean, that served me because that now has given me a bigger platform to help people. And, you know, so kind of the first half of my life, I was all about kind of, you know, success and achieving and now it's more about significance. How can I use my gifts and my strengths to best help people? And so it, it means so much to me when a parent would come up to me and say, you know, um, they came to a camp or, um, you know, you, you said this to them. And now they're playing college basketball at wherever. So, I mean, that's what. Um, makes me feel so whole is when, you know, I hear comments like that, because that's why I do it. That's why I coach is, or I did coach is because, you know, I want players to have the opportunities and experience what I did because it was such an incredible four years and playing college athletics and you don't really realize how incredible until it's over and, you know, yeah. being part of a team, how special that is. Uh, so that's definitely been my why. And yes, I, I'm so grateful for all the thing that De- all the things that W has done and all the different organizations to continue um, to fight to give us these amazing opportunities.
0: Yeah. How was it watching from home uh, when the players were in the wobble and, and doing all the things that they were doing and, and approaching, um, you know, the whole systemic racism and, and uh, equality, um, Say Her Name campaign? How was that for you just watching that evolve? And did you talk to anybody that, that was involved in the league at all at that time? Or- Sports Delia well- is sponsored by PSK. You can find them online at lids.com. PSKcollective.com, TJMax.com, Walmart.com, and now Kohl's Department Store at Kohl's.com. And now back to this incredible interview right here in the sports Deli.
1: I didn't, um, yeah. you know, because I was just so we were, you know, so in our bubble, guess yeah. I guess dealing with, you know, what we were dealing with at Oklahoma. And I, I just yeah. think I I learned, I, I grew a ton, um, and I was inspired. Um you know, I, I can always do more. I can always be better. Um, and, and just really, I think it comes down to if we can all just, we need safe, place, safe places to communicate. Because when we finally all got real with each other, I know as far as at Oklahoma, you know, things, it brought us together. That adversity that we faced early on, um, you know, with differences, really in the end brought us together. And we ended up doing amazing things with six players, Right, um, I remember for the that. second half of the season, Oklahoma. It oh was, God. it was so inspiring what those girls did. The courage to go to play at K State with six players, and the tallest player on our uh, on the court was five eleven, having to guard, as you know, a no, uh, yeah. six seven player. You know, six six. You know, all
0: American. Yeah.
1: Yes, all American. So I just was um, so inspired by how our group handled the adversity. Um, you know, and then turn it into something positive, because I think we all go through tough times and struggles. And it's finding that way to turn it into a positive, you know, I, I wouldn't wish, you know, adversity or tough times on anybody, but it can make you better. I look back and I'm grateful for every tough thing I ever experienced because I'm such a better human for having gone through it. So
0: yeah. Just, just, just a minute. What was your biggest takeaway in terms of the, the discussions behind closed doors that maybe you didn't expect uh, anyone on the team to share that you learned more about yourself because, you know, they were being honest in a way that you hadn't seen players ever be honest before because of the, you know, the aftermath of George Floyd.
1: Yeah. I just, um, you know, hearing how, you know, it truly made them feel. And then how you know, just because of the different ways that we were raised, like, you know, I, I was perceiving for I'll just give you an example. This is a, a prime example. You know, I wanted to go practice and, you know, let's let's um let's do something great on the court. you know, let's work hard so then we have a bigger platform, you know, a bigger voice. But that was looked at as a negative, you know, to some players because they feel like you know, uh, black players are, um, use for their athletic bully. And I had, you know, in my heart, I, that was never my intention. It was just, let's go. I've dealt with things by working harder, you know, to make something of myself, you know, like for instance, I, my sister leverage it later. Yeah. And so it just knowing like, wow. Wait,
0: talk about your sister. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: Yeah. So my sister, um, passed away when I was 12 and, you know, you always wow. I feel like to do something, you know, really great. You have to have a reason that's bigger than yourself. And, um, you know, I, I, at, at that moment when I lost her, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to dedicate every single accomplishment I ever achieve to her, you know, to honor her. And so, you know, I think that's why, you know, I was able to stay in the gym
0: a lot longer
1: than most because, you know, um, she became my inspiration. So, you know, that was how I had you know always handle tough things or adversity and so when I was telling our team I think we should practice it wasn't being I wasn't being insensitive but until we were able to have those wow open and real communications you know then we could see where each other was coming from and then you know
0: move forward so wow that's that's an amazing lesson uh yeah. and that's why you communicate because uh it's a two-way street and then if you're not open and honest you know, and it's funny because I did this a long time ago and everyone would be like, coach, there's too many of these touchy feely, you know, get togethers at half court before or after practice, you know, and I would be doing meditation and I would be doing yoga with my teams and, you know, being at a community college there's different agendas, obviously. But I, you know, I, I, I wish I was, maybe at some point I'll get back in the college game. Uh, my daughter's only uh, 10. And so, you know, I got to wait a few years, but, you know, I, I would love to be a part of. Uh, a, a coaching staff that 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 approaches things in the way that you're talking about, like Sherry, uh, or even coach Mitty, you know, is very inclusive, very uh, open door policy, you know, uh, encourages the players to, uh, you know, come if there's an issue in a way maybe now that was different than two years ago. And so because I feel like that would, it, it, you'd feel better about your experience. Um Versus just win, or you get fired.
1: Right, right. Yes, you it's know, a tough gig. It, it it is, it is. It's a tough balance. Um, but you know, I just, I really feel like, in the end, you focus on the people, growing yeah. the people, making them the best they possibly can be, and that you have to come from a holistic approach to do that. Yeah. You know, it just can't be. But it's
0: hard for yeah. a lot of coaches, though, isn't it? Because yeah. they just they know behind the scenes you the pressure of winning so it's like you want to do exactly what you're saying and but if you don't have some clout and you're in you know you got a four-year window to win or you get fired it's like look how much time we going to dedicate to the person or like we just got to get some players in here and like we got to win like it's got it's got to be so conflicting right when you're in in the middle of it yes it is
1: and 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 that's why it's just you really have to know what you're about and stay aligned with your values. Cause you know, I think yeah. at times when you start to compromise those, you know maybe then that's when things maybe will fall apart for you even though the pressure might be on it. Just think that if you try to do it in a hurry and not in the right way of how you wanna coach then I think that you can get yourself in trouble but it, it's, a, it's a delicate
0: balance for sure. Did so. you apply for head coaching jobs at any point?
1: No, I, I have not,
0: no never in your 10 years of coaching?
1: Oh, uh, actually, uh, yes. Uh, oh, I take that back. I went in, I never actually had an f- official interview, but um, when Kelly, um, we made the Sweet 16 at Missouri State, she went yeah. on to uh, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I, I went into um, the athletic director and, you know, I said, you know, will 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 you consider me or will you give me a shot for the head position? And at that time they said no. And, you know, so I mean, I didn't officially apply for it, but you know, I would have. But in the end, what a blessing because I got two phenomenal years for a Hall of Famer in every way, Coach Cole, and I grew so much as a human. So, so those two years in Norman were
0: were worth it for sure. I don't usually ask these kind of questions, but 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 getting to know you in the last 45 minutes, I cannot, and I've never been an athletic director, but I can't for the life of me understand. Well, maybe you just weren't interested in pursuing things of this nature after Sherry, but like, I can't understand how you wouldn't, uh, be in line for several head coaching positions just because of who you are, forget about, you know, leveraging your career. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's just not something you're interested in because it's, it's such a tough gig or what, but man, God, the impact that you could have on young women. I mean, I've had a lot of people on this show and there's some people quite honestly that I don't think are cut out to be head coaches. And, and I've been around people that have been head coaches and, and, you know, for 30 years, and you and I both know that there's a lot of coaches that just don't handle that position. Well, and there's some people that are better off being assistant coaches, but I don't know how you feel about it. You know, I know you're doing other things right now, but man, I I'm, I'm telling you, 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 were are you're a born leader. And oh. so there's, there's some program out there that would, um, those kids would connect with you in a way that I just don't think they would connect with a lot of other coaches. And we need more women all, all, being real. Uh, we need more women in the women's game and it's no offense to Gino or any of the other amazing coaches at Texas or any of the other coaches that are out there. But I just think that that the women's game has seen a drop off of women coaches in WNBA and in college. And we need more amazing women like you in leadership positions, uh, not just because you're a woman, but you're, you're an incredibly, uh, Uh, wide ranging, uh, uh, layered person who has continued to grow yourself. And that's why you're a better version of yourself now than you clearly were before. Just listening to you talk today about so many things. And so, you know, I don't know if you've considered it or, you know, maybe it's, you're just sort of in a, in a waiting period right now. And you, you know, you may want to get back into it down the road, but um, I'm just telling you, you know, the Muffets and the, and the Taras and, and, the, and the Pats, you know, the Jackie could be in that conversation, if, you know, and, but, you know, it's, you gotta, you, you gotta get after it if you really want it. But I think, I think you, you'd be an amazing leader at, at, a, at a, not just a low level D1, you would also there, but I think you would thrive in a power five. That's just, that's just my unsolicited opinion.
1: Well, thank you so much, Michael. Can I come on your short show more often? I mean, like Well, no, well, to that point, honestly,
0: uh, Nikki came on the show and she was with Atlanta with a dream and she got the Baylor job not long thereafter. And, wow. and Lindsay was on the show. You know, she was with Cleveland and she got the USC job. And so, you know, Mike Sweetney was on our show and he was home, basically homeless at the time. And he got a job right after. Um, and so, I don't know what it is about the sports deli, but we got good karma here. So, I mean, we,
1: okay. You do for sure. I'm, I'm so blessed <laughs> to be on this show. You know what's going to happen tomorrow.
0: <laughs> hey, well, so. you got to bet on yourself and I'm telling you, we, we bet on women for sure. And, and uh, you know, I know Odyssey Sims is going to come on and and Olympia Scott's going to come on and um, Yolanda Moore. We've talked about, you know, we just, we, we, we bet on women and we just think it's such a powerful thing. Uh, to have women in these leadership positions. And and you know, I didn't really know you. Stacy told me a little bit about you, but she only, you know, met you in a handshake kind of way. Um, but wow, just fascinating. And so talk about your transition now uh in between coaching stints, uh, with with your your next gen <laughs> stuff that you're doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're you're so funny. your <laughs> your um personality is infectious, I'll tell you that. But uh, I almost wore my Missouri State hat, but I decided to promote my business instead. Yeah. So, you know, I I finished, um, you know, my second year at Oklahoma. And, you know, I I look back and I realized that I've I've sold three homes in two and a half years. And, um, you know, I went through one of the toughest years of my life. And I've been through a lot of tough things. But the second year at Oklahoma with COVID and not really having a community of people being pretty, you know, more isolated than I ever have in my life you know, I was just like, you know, I realized that one important thing to me is a community of people and and friends. And, and it's so hard to develop that when you're constantly moving. And I I just, I got tired of, because, you know, I, I spent six years at Missouri state and, you know, uh, we make a sweet 16 and then guess what? Lose my job, you know, success did us in, you know, Kelly went on to Tennessee and then, you know, at Norman, um, you know, my hall of fame, incredible boss decides to retire. So, you know, they bring in a whole new staff. So I I just got, you know, tired of, you know, the moving, (laughs) And then I I just kind of made my, I I was, you know, I actually took a position at Tulsa and I I just knew in my heart, I just, it wasn't the right fit. I wasn't aligned with my core values. And, you know, it was the hardest thing that I've ever had to choose because I felt like, you know, I couldn't quit and do the right thing and I couldn't stay in it and do the right thing. Um, But I just knew in the end that I had to take a step away and I made myself sit in it. It it was really hard. It was, you know, because I had a lot of opportunities to go different places, but I'm like, no, I'm just not ready to say yes to anything. And I just feel like, right now, um, I am where God has called me to be. I I can't describe it, but when Mm -hmm. I've went on this next gen fitness, you know, journey, like how I bought my home in Springfield and all these different doors that have opened, I just feel like right now I'm, I'm on the right path for me. So
0: that's awesome. Uh, well you mentioned in passing, um, uh, having to navigate cancer. So how how was how that for you if you want to share that yeah, story? With yeah. Her.
1: Um, well, you know, so, you know, some things you think, you know, they could be dealing with can be serious, and then other things you think you're just thinking there's no way this is serious. Well, I just was having some issues with my vision. Um, this was Thanksgiving, oh, about three years ago. And um, you know, I was like, oh. I didn't click vision coverage. So I'm going to probably oh, wait a year, you know, and, oh boy, and then, you know, I was having trouble catching the ball in practice. Like I would just have to really focus and I'm like, okay, I better go get some, you know, get my vision checked. And so I had LASIK surgery, eye surgery over 10 years ago. And I've always heard that you might need a touch up. So, um, and it, it gives this uh lady at the eye doctor's office chills because here I am, we're in the middle of season, you know, it's December, it's crazy, so we have a day off on Wednesday. I call on a Monday and I'm like, okay, if I can get into the eye doctor, I'm going. And um, so a lady had just canceled before I called. Otherwise there's no way I was getting in on a Wednesday. So wow. go to the eye doctor, long story short, they find a tumor behind my left eye. And it, it was such a rare thing that my eye doctor's like, I've never diagnosed this in my 20 years, but I'm pretty sure it's ocular melanoma. It's a six in a million cancer. So They sent me on to St. Louis and sure enough, they confirmed it. And so, um, you know, I had, um, plaque radiation where, um, Basically, they snip snip a, snip a ligament in your eye, stretch it out of your head, and put in uh, this radiation plaque. It's amazing what they can do. That's
0: fascinating. And
1: it, it, it's fascinating. I have pictures because actually, in my second surgery, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I go, "Would you take pictures of this?" And I've actually, <laughs> I know it's, it's nuts. And so I've actually sent it on to you know people that I've kind of become the face of ocular melanoma just because I got some wow. media attention with it. And so I've actually sent it on to people that have reached out that are getting ready to have the,
0: wow. the treatment
1: just so they know what to expect. And so ra- the
0: radiation is like a localized uh, yes. kind of kind of treatment as opposed to chemo, which would go throughout your entire body and their side effects. Right. Still is sponsored by City Lokes, C-I-T-Y-L-O-C-S. You can find them online at CityLokes.com where you can go and make your own personalized license plate hats. They're so cool. You got to check them out. And don't forget to enter the code The Deli at checkout for your special 10% discount. And now back to this incredible interview right here in the Sports Deli.
1: Right. So the two, well, there's a few other options, but they can remove your eye. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> I want to keep my eye or they um, like with my case, my new, my tumor was behind my eye. So, um, you know, literally they sew on a plaque, the size of the tumor that has radiation seeds. I went into, you know, confinement for like six days and then they, I went back into surgery, they remove it and I went home. So, you know, that was the extent of my treatment. it's, It's ironic, kind of like my personality, I'm kind of all or nothing. And so it's like, you know, so now the one thing that's bad about this cancer is it spreads 50% of the time and it's, there's no treatment at that point. So every six months I go and get scans, but like right now I live a high quality of life. Yes, I've lost some vision and I got a funny story about that. I don't know if we have time for it. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, so every, every, literally every six months I go and get scanned and they're going to tell me if my cancer spread, which is basically a death, a death sentence and I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody but in the end it's made me so much better like yeah. you know you don't waste things you don't waste your energy on small things I'm so much more present you know I, I'm a better human being because you know I have to look at that every six months and I, I want to live the way I want to live because of that so mm. so yeah but okay my, my funny story with okay, my, yeah uh my vision so I um, had to renew my driver's license, and um, oh, I actually ended up having to get a, a Kansas license. Long—that's another long story, myself, <laughs> but um, we don't have time for this. Um, so anyway, more, more I knew, lenient,
0: more lenient in Kansas with their <laughs> with their rules. <laughs> well,
1: so so anyway, they're like, I, I knew I was going to have to pass a, a vision test. I'm like, oh, 20/50, surely with both eyes, I'm I'm 20/50, you know, and so. The lady's like putting in my information and I, I see the vision chart and the line that I'm going to have to read. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't read it. I can't read it. What am I going to do? And so um, I literally snap a picture of it while she's putting in my <laughs> <laughs> Memorize that bad boy. And guess what? I passed my license in flying color or passed my uh, eye test. I was going to predict
0: life. that you were going to cover one eye, but you have a little hole in it
1: yeah something like
0: that oh my god that's hilarious
1: so so no but uh but yeah you know like like I said I I wouldn't um you know wish cancer on anyone but it's it's made me so much better and um you know it's made my faith so much stronger and uh Mm. you know I'm just so much more present in every interaction because you know my goal is to every moment I want to you know, lift that moment. I want to make that moment better because I was a part of it. And, you know, I just try to give my best to everybody that crosses my
0: path. Oh, I love it. Beautiful. So, so interesting. And so you do both just regular, uh, you know, cardio and, and, and physical workouts with people and basketball training. You do both.
1: Yeah. So right now in my transition, so I signed on with a franchise gym because there's been one consistent in my life, and that is working out. I am obsessed, and I, I tell people, you know, I well, look out. at I can <laughs>
0: see those guns. Like for those of you watching on YouTube later, like you can tell, like she's got she's man. Let's go.
1: No, so I, I literally require a workout, and if people like here, let me just show you this. This is really is my motto.
0: You're only one workout away from a good mood. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's true yeah. though. Movement, movement can change wow. you profoundly. Yeah.
1: Oh, like my everything. It's it's just not just about, yes, being fit. It's just emotionally, mentally, totally. everything, you know, for me anyway. And so I've just been a huge believer of it. And even so when I went in my radiation treatment for six days, I brought in my bike. My mom was mortified. Like the nurses had to come in to see <laughs> that I literally bought brought in my bike and my trainer so I could get workouts in. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, I do not miss a day if oh possible. My God, so my um, So that, and even my teammates back in the day, they'd be just like, they always saw me as some fitness guru or instructor, you know, yep. like back then. So I'm like, okay, well, let me combine my love of fitness and then helping people. And so now um, I bought actually- um, next gen fitness is a franchise and I'm getting ready to open my first gym in Springfield. It's private personal training. Um, I'm hoping to do a second one in Ozark in a basketball facility that I got approached. So that kind of, you know, incorporates both obviously the next gen fitness. And then I am still doing basketball lessons right now. um, and some camps and clinics and things like that, um, to keep me involved in the game. Cause obviously I, I have a great love for that
0: as well. So Oh man, that's, that's, I, mean, I would die to have a gym. I mean, obviously the weather's good out here in San Diego and there's a lot of rec centers, which is, you know, most of our trainings outside, but if to have a gym, it would just be, it would definitely be a dream come true. But, uh, so talk about what's over your right and left shoulders before we get to the rapid fire. Cause you got your, you got your retired Jersey there. You got the USA Jersey. You got a lot of medals on the wall. You got a lot of things going on over there.
1: But this is embarrassing. Like, okay, normally, like I would never put any of this stuff up. But my mom was like, insisted, "No, those jerseys are going on the wall." I did not have anything to do with decorating this room. I I should have not. I should have moved my computer somewhere else. But no, uh, I have. love it. You know, I have my Missouri State jersey, my USA basketball jersey, and my Portland Fire jersey. That's uh, you know that no they no longer exist. But yeah, right. I, and then I, that picture over here um, was from the SBs um wow and it it has like all these great signatures you know like tiger woods and different people so so yeah um i've got a pretty pretty cool office but you know my mom decorated it i can't take credit i wouldn't normally put those up so so
0: yeah (laughs) that's awesome though i mean you you should be betting on yourself because it's interesting because i listen to breakfast with champions a lot on uh, clubhouse it's a new social audio app and you know, there's different paradigms and different perspectives that you can take, right? You don't want to be conceited. You don't want to talk about yourself so much because it's uncomfortable. But how are people supposed to learn from your experiences, not just you leveraging it, but paying it forward and teaching people about your experiences as uncomfortable as it is for you? You know, people need to hear, you know, the, the layers of your story because it's, it's so powerful. You know, when people see... You know, how you if you're a gym rat, what can where it can lead you and, you know, when you uh, are a great teammate, where it can lead you in business and just all the tools that go into your toolbox, you know, if you're willing to be patient with yourself through adversity, learn from your lessons, uh, and, and, uh, and then later pay it forward, you know, look at where you are now, like you talked about, you know, and, and how you see the world and how you're more efficient, how you appreciate every day differently. You know because of everything you know from cancer to your playing days you know to being a, a an entrepreneur like all these things you know it's just such important lessons that we can all learn from so i hope that you keep you know putting more things up in the background you know literally and figuratively <laughs> to, to to be able to pay it forward including that fine shiny white chair you got too because i've always <laughs> wanted a white chair and i've always gone with black and just <laughs> That thing that looks very therapeutic too, very er, very ergonomic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You're gonna have one, knowing your podcast. Like you're gonna get me a job, and I hopefully I'll get you a chair. So you know. Well,
0: yeah, you're you're doing fine. You know, you're doing amazing (laughs) things. But I I just I just threw it out there because I just think that you, if you could find the right fit uh, in the right city with the right community support, the right administrative support. Obviously, there's no guarantees at that level. Um, that you could be inspiring people in your own way with your gym still, uh, even if it's indirectly, you know, hands-on and, you know, just to be a part of the college game. You know, I'm biased because I just, I just love college ball. I love the W, but I just think there's so many things. So, some, so much impact that can be made at the, at the college level, the high school level too. I've been here for six years at a low income first generation high school, best job I've ever had, but I, I still at some point think that I would like to, you know, uh try my luck at where you were but it'd ha- it have to be the the right kind of situation i'd only really want to be doing player development and scouting you yeah, know yeah. On, on campus recruiting i would do but i don't want to go all over the country after 30 years and and uh you know see a million games kind of thing probably more like where you're at
1: <laughs> yeah no and that that's the one thing that's so hard about it is to control all those factors like being able to live where you want to live be surrounded by yeah. the people you want to be surrounded by, you know, obviously the travel and those different things. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot more, um, you know, that you have to think about with the college game. But the one thing I do know is we can impact people and change lives no matter what we're doing, no what, you know, just yeah. be by being who you are on a daily basis. And,
0: you know, I know you're inspiring a lot of people doing what you're doing. I'm trying. I mean, you know, it's it's in a different way. We just got to find our own little corners and and do it in our own ways, and and uh, also continue to evolve ourselves because then we're better versions of ourselves every day, like you talked about. All right, buckle your seatbelt. Let's do this. Today's giveaway is compliments of PSK. Be inspired in PSK. That is Phaedra Knight's line of clothing that promotes inclusivity, empowerment. And equality by supporting female athletes through the Women's Sports Foundation. So, for today's podcast, we have a traditional white t shirt. It's a large with this abstract black pattern on the front, uh, and incorporated into the pattern is the letters PSK. And today's trivia question is Jackie Styles talked about who the most influential person has been in her life. Name that person. Good luck. Remember, send me an email with the answer and in the subject heading put giveaway and in the body state the answer and the first person uh, who gets the answer correct, I will mail this out within 48 hours uh, to an address that uh, you list in your email. And now back to this amazing interview right here in the sports deli. Pistol right. Pete, Kyrie, or Steve Nash? Pistol Pete, easy. Of course. I knew that, <laughs> but 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 people other people didn't know that. Pistol Pete was ahead of oh, his time.
1: Man. God. I've read everything under the sun about him. Like he was my idol. Oh wow. my gosh. You know, Pistol Pete, Michael Jordan, you know, those were the you know, two of my Larry Bird, yeah. three of my favorites. But I used to watch Pistol Pete Highlights for Good Luck before my games I mean wow you know he and I just really identified with his story um about how he thought sure. how he trained and all those things and then even we had similar injuries ironically that ended our careers and right. you know I I just could really relate to his story I, I'm nowhere near pistol piece level but you know just the way he could score and those things I I loved his story so
0: well you if you didn't have injuries cut things short you were scoring similar to him and you guys had mama mentality before mama mentality was a thing. That's for sure. Because, you know, nothing was going to ever stop you and you were gym rats mm-hmm. in ways that people just didn't see back then necessarily. So don't, don't sell yourself short. Uh, okay. Well, I already know the answer to the next question, Jordan or LeBron. Okay. So the social dilemma or the playbook? Playbook. <laughs> wow. Interesting. <laughs> I've seen yes. both of them and I, I heard you in a, obviously a previous podcast. That's why, I but, asked that you know, question.
1: social dilemma, ah, you know, <laughs> oh, you're, you, you're, you're, <laughs> you know, social dilemma. That was,
0: that was powerful. crazy. It was, yeah.
1: you know, but I always tell people that I like, for instance, I would not read a newspaper article, listen to anything on the news when I was an athlete, because I heard one time somebody attacked me personally. They said you could reach me at overbite.com. I still remember that exact comment. And I was like, that's it. I'm not, I'm shutting all that out. And so if I was an athlete in today's, you know, generation, I would not have social media. I would not read any of that. It just, I don't feel like it's healthy. Yes, it can be used in healthy ways at times, but in the most part, I just think it takes so much time away from your craft. If, you know, who has time for that? You know, if you're trying to be the best you can be on the athletic field or court or whatever, so.
0: Yeah, well, and as you talked about earlier, you can't be present.
1: Yeah, you can't. Because
0: you're, you're either in the past looking at something about a post, you know, or you're just trying to tweet to, you know, hope something uh, happens later like get likes. And so you're right. tr- you're truly not in the moment. So I yeah, I mean I obviously I I use it for what I'm doing to show off the training and and you know, leverage mm-hmm. things a little bit because and some of it's fun. Like TikTok is just a hilarious platform to me to learn things and goofy things with my dogs and stuff like that but but as a player i agree with you it, it it would be hard to uh shut it off and turn it on and shut it you know like you just you couldn't be the best version of yourself i don't feel like unless you're truly just you know laser
1: focused laser yeah. focused yeah. yeah like i think you know you you start comparing yourself to other people i mean even Boy, me yeah. i have to watch that it doesn't get you know, I, I was against it, but I'm like, like you, I thought, okay, maybe I do need this for my business, but you know, I'll, I will say in the end, a lot of my business comes from word of mouth. If you sure. do a great job, Absolutely. you know, then it just, they keep pouring in, but I am giving the social media, a, you know, a <laughs> chance because if it is a platform that I can use positively to impact right. people in a positive way. Okay. But then I just got to be careful. I don't start going down rabbit holes with it, you know? So,
0: Yeah. Yeah, when, I, when people start, uh, when Karens or other people just start talking nonsense, when it comes to me posting things about social injustice or equality, I educate in the first post. And if they continue to go down, like you said, that rabbit hole, then I just, I don't, I don't address it anymore. And I don't get emotionally uh, you know, tied to it because the, obviously they're not in that gray area. They don't want to learn. They don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. They want to they talk twice as much as they want to listen. And so it, it's pointless. They're on the other extreme. Mm-hmm. So only the people in the middle, do we have a shot at anyways. Yeah. So, uh, Hoosiers are loving basketball. Hoosiers. Yes. Pat summit or Gino. <laughs>
1: Cause I mean, <laughs> I, I have, can I, can I tell a little story about you? Yeah,
0: of course. Uh,
1: okay. Well, I actually signed the letter of intent to play at UConn. I was going to sleep on it. But it felt right. I was going to send it in. I knew in my heart, I wanted to go to Missouri state. So that's how long it took me to make my decision. I well, had you had all.
0: over 2,000 letters, too. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy
1: time. Um, but so Pat Summitt recruited me as well. But I knew because I played on the USA Basketball that summer before my senior year when I was going to have to make the decision. And I knew, like, Tamika Ketchings, Tamika Randall, Ace Clement, they were all going to Tennessee. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't think there's enough balls to go around. Where where do I, I fit in, all those players that are already committed? I actually had went to Tennessee's camp and uh, Coach Summit had offered me. So when I had told her that, you know, I narrowed my list that I wasn't going to consider Tennessee, actually, I was struggling so hard with my final four. It was Missouri State, Yukon, Kansas State and Oklahoma. And I was actually Sherry Cole's first home visit when she took the job at Oklahoma. So ironic wow. how, how, you know, things happen. But um, my dad called Coach Summit, and this is a class of her to ask her advice on how, what I should do. We, I, we were just struggling so much with it. You know, I'm from a small town, didn't have anybody yeah. to learn from. And she was like, have her sign the letter of intent, have her sleep on it, and then go with that. I did it, signed Yukon. Slept on it, went to Missouri state. So, you know, uh, Gino made a home visit in my house. He was actually the longest home visit I had out of all the colleges, him and Chris Daly, six hours. My mom made, which I'm embarrassed now. My mom, (laughs) from Claflin, Kansas, makes spaghetti, makes an Italian meal. So I'm sure he's had better <laughs> Italian than he had at Claflin, Kansas. Oh, but man. but no, um, I, I, you know, I love them both. And, you know, it's hard to pick either one. So they're wow. they're both great in their different ways.
0: That's so, a tie. Yeah. So what did Gino say after? Did he understand?
1: Uh, when I signed the letter of intent? Yeah.
0: No, like when you went to Missouri State instead.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, you know, I, I think he was, um, you know, not really happy with my decision. I don't yeah. think he understood at the time, but I think now he gets it, you
0: know, so, but. Yeah, of course. Uh, what do you think of Paige?
1: Oh, phenomenal. Oh wow. God. I could watch her for hours.
0: Just. Effortless.
1: Yeah. Just, she makes it look so easy. So I mean, easy.
0: Basketball I mean. IQ. Uh, man, it's just, uh, it, it's amazing
1: her passion for the game you see her love you know just that genuine you know that's why she plays you know and and then caitlin clark too i just i I, you know saw her when she was younger yeah recruited recruited her and yeah so
0: yeah two phenomenal players yeah oh uh would you rather snuggle with a hippo or a giraffe
1: (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) neither (laughs) 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 <laughs> uh, well uh, i don't know <laughs> I, I, wow i am never out this good job <laughs> uh i'm gonna just i guess i'll say uh a draft <laughs> god damn it
0: oh that is hilarious a uh, comfortable um, pillow or blanket um I say a blanket. I guarantee you haven't been asked this next question either. Would you rather have your skin change color based on your emotions or tattoos that appear all over your body depicting, depicting what you did yesterday?
1: Uh, skin changing color based on my emotions. <laughs>
0: Would you rather become twice as strong when both of your fingers are stuck in your ears or crawl twice as fast as you can run? Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I, I guess crawl. <laughs> I
0: <got it. laughs> Imagine crawling twice as fast as you can run. No. <laughs> so you have a love for tennis. Wimbledon, the French Open, US Open, or the Australian Open? US yes, Open. Yeah, we just finished that. Did you watch yeah. it?
1: I did off and on. Um, yeah, it's amazing, amazing. And, and I'm kicking myself. So w- my agent back in the day when I played was Octagon and they said, oh, yeah. you know, I was, I was in New York and I, they were like, they could give me tickets anywhere, you know, to any of the like sporting events and they're like, you want to go to the U S open, but I was so focused on my craft and, oh. you know, just, I, I, you know, like the mama mentality, I wouldn't miss a workout. All those right. things. I didn't take advantage of some of those opportunities, you know, um, yeah. But yeah, no, US Opens is phenomenal. And now I'm obsessed with pickleball. Like if I could be- I
0: love pickleball.
1: Oh, I I play every night. I'm like crazy. (laughs) Like I've just started a month ago and I'm wearing everybody out because I'm I'm making (laughs) them. So Oh, Oh, pickleball's legit. Oh, it is. Like I'm telling my mom, I was like, mom, I want to be a pro pickleball player. And she's like, she knows like, I'm crazy. Like I, I just, I'm all in with whatever I do. Wow. And so, um, I'm like, Dude, maybe they'll get in the Olympics and that's how <laughs> I can make the Olympics. I'm so not good. So the fact that I even verbalized that out loud.
0: So yeah. Well, you're a good tennis player. So it's, there's some similarities there for sure with the spins and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's and your athleticism. Uh, who's your favorite female and male tennis players of all time?
1: Oh gosh. You know, I love Pete Sampras.
0: Oh, I loved him. Serving volleyer, um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Oh, I love Steffi Graf.
0: Yeah. Um, man. Boy, I've been trying to get Andre on the show. Oh, really? Oh, I've trying. I've been dying. I messaged him. He said, well, let's, we'll, we'll work it out. And then, He's just been busy obviously but uh yeah i've been trying to get them both on i was like let's do it all three of you know let's let's do you know both of you and me and and chop it up so but he's obviously living the family life and stuff like that but if he comes on i want you to be my co-host
1: oh i, I will in a second because um, those that those two during oh. that era i oh. love tennis like i got i've never watched more tennis in my life than totally. when those two were battling you know Uh, You know, and then reading his book, I I read it, you know, it was, it was really
0: good. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. 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 Flying car or a car that could drive underwater? Uh, Flying car. If your plane was crashing, who would you want sitting next to you? Whoa, Jesus. (laughs) There you go. That's probably going to be the answer to another question I'm going to ask you later. (laughs) Uh, Favorite Halloween costume of all time? As we approach Halloween here.
1: Oh, because this one. So me and my best friend uh, back in the day, we were Siamese twins.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. Yep,
1: and we won. So
0: (laughs) yeah, we we won.
1: And I remember (laughs) that costume.
0: (laughs) If you could make one rule change in the WNBA, what would it be?
1: Oh, you know, I wish they played with the same size ball. Just I wish we all played with the same size ball. I hate that when I would play internationally, I'd have to switch to the men's ball.
0: So interesting.
1: I'd say let's all play with one ball.
0: That's cool. Uh, <clears throat> pick and roll or pick and pop.
1: Pick and pop.
0: Would you rather have four three-point shooters on the floor at one time or four players that can get to the hole?
1: Ooh. Cause I love driving to the hole <laughs> Right. <laughs> I, I, I love games, that part. Games
0: me. change, coach.
1: Uh, I know. <laughs> Uh, i guess uh shooters you know that can make shots so. so if you're
0: if you're playing now what would you what what would your master move be a step back jumper a euro or a floater
1: um i'd say a step back
0: yeah four out one in five out none in or three out two in
1: let's go five out let's just shoot yeah let's go <laughs> let's just everybody shoot the three <laughs>
0: All right. Um, Favorite movie you've ever watched?
1: Oh, um, man, I have so many of those. Oh, shoot. Um, All the, you know, I I don't watch movies twice usually, Mm. but the movies I have watched more than once, like Rockies. Oh, my gosh. I loved all the Rockies. I was obsessed. Um,
0: First three of the best, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then probably like my favorite chick flick that just jumps in my head is Sweet Home Alabama.
0: Oh, good movie. yeah. vacuuming dishes or laundry um dishes would you rather wear a t-shirt two sizes too big or one size too small
1: well don't go off of what i'm wearing right now but <laughs> 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 probably two sizes too big
0: <laughs> favorite car um practical or well i don't know you know
1: um, I've always wanted a Jeep for fun, but not not for my everyday car. But um, I, I actually love um, my car right now, and it's a, it's a Cadillac SUV. It's com- it's really comfortable. Oh yeah, so it's one of my favorite cars I've ever owned.
0: So yeah, those are cool. Friends, cheers, or Seinfeld? Um, friends. Yeah. French toast, waffles, or pancakes? Pancakes. Ooh, what kind?
1: Well, um, I love chocolate chip pancakes. Ooh, um,
0: you and my and daughter.
1: Yeah, oh, they're so good. And I'll tell you, you're gonna think I'm absolutely <laughs> off my rocker, but the best pancakes I've ever had are the Hilton Garden Inn's. They, they're like cake. <laughs> <laughs> I promise, I promise.
0: That is unbelievable. You should you be a spokesperson. Oh my <laughs> God.
1: They literally taste like cake.
0: That is amazing. Popcorn or candy at the movies?
1: uh candy what kind mm, i love like i love all candy but like i love twizzlers Oh, and then i love chocolate too like i like hershey's um nice. there's really not a candy that i don't like i like <laughs> free stuff and chocolate wow. everything
0: yeah yeah you and me both so do you have a special skill like for example i can put 20 quarters on my elbow and then go like this and catch them all at once do you have like a weird kind of skill that you have besides basketball stuff like can you juggle can you spin like eight basketballs on your toes and your knees and your fingers and you know, remember those people at halftime that used to do that yes
1: kind of um oh <laughs> i do well this i guess could be kind of a skill i can do a push-up on four balls
0: wow interesting i just did a push-up challenge yesterday on tiktok did you yeah i said okay. how many push-ups can you do in a minute i did 83 you are a stud Shoot. I would have done two more, but I didn't realize the TikTok clock had started. So I had to catch up. Oh. So if you go on my you, oh, TikTok, so it started before, yeah. Yeah, like probably a second. I probably could have got mm-hmm. two more in. Oh my God, by the 78th one, I was dying. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. But, but that's a <laughs> that I think that's
0: a decent amount of push-ups for a 52-year-old. What do you think? Oh, that right?
1: that is X, ex- that's really good. You you doubled my, I'm sure. Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, what what food makes you sing and dance?
1: Oh gosh.
0: Pizza. Wow. I could eat
1: pizza. I, I I love
0: pizza. Mm. What kind? Like a barbecue chicken or like a
1: well, so I have a specific place that would be my last supper place. Wow. It's at Pueblo, Colorado, and it's called Dewdrop. And it's wow. got this thick pizza, and their their crust is so secretive that they will not They have two shifts of workers. No one knows it. I've begged them for it, like the recipe, because it's like nothing you've ever tasted. It's like a sweet crust. I can't, I can't describe it. So I I love bread. Um,
0: Yeah, me too. I
1: love thick pizza. And
0: yeah, that's Uh, fascinating. What's your suggestion for someone to have better abs if they've gone for like a couple of months and they don't see a difference?
1: You know, bottom line is diet. You can't outwork. Right. Out a bad diet, you know that saying, and so you're only going to see your abs if you, re- you remove that layer of fat. So it's you know burning more calories than you're taking in. Um, yeah, you know it's not even like I've had um, you know six pack at times, and I rarely did have, ab- But you know people think they have to do train abs every day. You know you right. don't. You just have to move it, remove that layer of fat. So, so
0: that's yeah. awesome advice. Uh, okay, so do you foul up three with under ten seconds remaining? Or do you play tough D, worst case, you go into overtime?
1: Um, I think you foul, but under, under six. Under six. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Okay, so you can have five people at the dinner table, past or present, sports or non-sports. So as I mentioned earlier, I think I know one of the people that will be at your table, the same person that was on the airplane. So who are the other four?
1: Yeah, um, Michael Jordan. Mm. I just- you, ever, you ever met him? never, you know, I've, I've seen him, you know, in person, mm. but I've never like shook his hand, you know, oh, and wow. he was just my ultimate, um, yeah. you know, um, gosh, this is really tough. Um, because, you know, you got my two main ones. Um, oh, Pistol Pete, Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete. Yep. Yeah. Um, let me see who else. Gosh, like I got, I've read so many books. I'm an avid reader. Um,
0: mm, wow. What book know. are you reading now?
1: Let's see. I, uh, the twin thieves, it's a leadership book. Um, oh, wow. I'll finish that. And then, um, I'm doing, I, I have, I'm an eclectic, you know, interest here. I have sure. the untethered soul. Um, oh, yeah. it's the lectures of the untethered soul and it's really good. I, I recommend it to everyone cool. that, you know, spiritually wants to grow. So, yeah. um, gosh, who are my other two, Oprah, Oprah, put oprah on the list that's the number
0: Um, two person that's had oprah on her list yep
1: oh really um you know and i would say you know the person that's had probably the biggest influence on my life and i've had a lot of people you know obviously my parents amazing but you know i'll tell you um coach sherry cole just Mm. you know how she impacted me in the two years of being around her you know so I i love any time i get to spend with her now we're really good friends so um, wow. there, there's so many people, uh, I would have said before the, you know, I found out everything, but, um, Lance Armstrong's book sort of inspired me, but then I heard, you know, obviously the, the, the story that came out, but, um, yeah. he actually called me, um, when I was going through the rough injuries, um, wow. to the time he was a Nike athlete and, yeah. you know, uh for the fact that he did that, but yeah, I, I just, I wish his story wouldn't have had the the ending but yeah so many people have made you know huge impact on my life but those are some of the people I guess so that's
0: amazing so where do you see yourself in five years
1: Ooh, um owning five gyms <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah
0: um, I love it
1: you know I, I'm uh well it'd be really awesome to be on with some pickleball circuit
0: 2024 Olympics. Let's go.
1: Pickleball. Let's go.
0: I love it. Well, uh, Jackie, it's been amazing. I appreciate your time. You spent a lot of time with us. Um, and uh, I always love learning about people, meeting people. I know I would rather do it in person, but we don't really have much choice at this point. And uh um, flowers to you, you're a true Shiro, and (laughs) loved having you on the Sports Daily Podcast. So the last question. If we could have anyone on the show that you know that you think would be a good fit, uh, who, who would it be? And would you want to come back and co-host with us?
1: Oh, um, yes, absolutely. I'd want to co-host. Um, How about you, Sherry?
0: Now that would be yeah, fun. Sh-
1: Sherry's phenomenal. You, yeah. And actually, SherryCole.com. Um, she's got a new website. You can contact her there. I know she'd be happy to be on the show. And and I will I will tell her, you know, it's a must. She must experience this. I'm gonna so. I'm gonna
0: hold you to that. I would I would love to have her on, especially because of the eras that she coached in and you know what she had to navigate herself as a woman early on. And oh, like I remember we had Judy Sweet on, she was the first president, a women women's president of the NCAA, and she used to be an athletic director at, at UCSD. And she said she used to get the, the worst kinds of uh, male, real male back in the day and just phone calls to, and, and what it must've been like as a woman back then. I just, I would love to talk to her about that versus what it is now, what we saw last year on social media, speaking of social media and the NCAA tournament and how in one day we got things turned around. So there's your power of social media right there and oh, working, working for you. Right. No, I,
1: I know, seriously, but no, she's phenomenal to be 25 years at one place
0: oh, as a coach. Unheard of. And-
1: and yeah, then yeah. people don't know this, but she's a Hall of Famer, and everything she does, she right now is a writer. She's written two books that are waiting to be published. Um, you can sign up for her blog and her newsletter on her um, website, SherryCole.com. I mean, she just she's remarkable. Her story and and the person oh. she is. So yeah, just she has an, an infectious spirit and energy. Mm-hmm. And you know, she'd be great on the show. So
0: oh, that'd be cool. We we would we'd love to try and make that happen and bring you back and and maybe surprise her as the co-host like she wouldn't know that you were going to be the co-host and then all of a sudden you pop <laughs> like, in. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've always wanted to interview Muffin McGraw too. I'm, I'm, I, I know that's probably a tall tall ask but uh, you know we just we just want amazing women on here uh, just to educate people and, and share the stories and um, just so grateful that you came on to share all your you know different stories and, and the layers to who you are. And, and hopefully, and I know you'll get to those five gyms, if not 10.
1: Okay. All right. Well, cause uh, you know, the, the karma on this, the show, karma on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And 10 my number. So let's, let's go. To 10.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right, Jack, much love and respect. And uh, thanks again for yeah. joining us. And, and I'll, I'll stay in touch if that's okay. Cause uh, just, I feel like we're aligned in a lot of ways. And, and I just, I just love learning from smarter people and being around, just amazing spirits. So I appreciate you very uh, much.
1: Hey, appreciate you too. And we're forever bonded now. So okay, yeah, that's I'm awesome. Happy to stay in touch. All right. All right, sounds <laughs> good, Jack. So okay, talk okay. to you soon. Have a great All day. Right. All bye. Right.
0: All right, bye. I found a kindred spirit right here in the sports deli. Uh, man. Jackie was amazing. I hope you really enjoyed uh, that conversation. Uh, we went in a lot of different directions um, and uh, what a phenomenal person and whoever crossed paths with her uh, going forward. And obviously uh, those of uh, her players and, and other coaches, colleagues uh, that have crossed paths with her in the in the past are certainly better off for it. You can always send us an email to the at gmail.com. Check us out at dot com, You can always DM me on Instagram at Mike Hootner and on Twitter at Michael Hootner. This episode of the Sports Deli Podcast, where everyone deserves a seat at the table, was brought to you by Hootie Hoot Productions. For Dr. J and Coach K, I'm Hootie Hoot. Do whatever you can to vote in your local elections so that we can change a lot of these narratives, especially when it comes to the disproportionate number of people that are in jail for non-violent offenses please mask up black lives matter stop the asian hate and remember it takes a village and until next time much love peace